0: We'll consider how rookie hitters might fare in a 50-game season and catch up on the latest update on Carlos Carrasco. Like Duff and Taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger.
1: I have That's... not had the uh, three go-throughs yet. It works great four. in a fantasy I'm just glad yeah. I am not at the dentist. Fantasy
2: Baseball in 15.
1: On The Athletic.
0: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in Fifteen for Wednesday, June third. I'm Al Melkier. I am here with Derek Van Riper and uh, DVR. We're back from uh, just uh, taking a couple of days uh, off here, and uh, you know, still really at a loss in terms of how to uh, do a fantasy baseball show uh, in the midst of everything that's going on. Um, but uh, I, I listened to the podcast. Uh, another uh, outstanding. Uh, athletic uh, podcast and and Joe Pos- Posnanski was talking about how that show normally is about meaninglessness uh, and trying to do that show in a time of meaning and I'm thinking well if that show is about meaninglessness and we're doing fantasy baseball discussions about a season that doesn't exist yet then this is really kind of a show about nothing <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we'll uh, we'll try to make it work
1: yeah I mean. Compared to most things happening in the world, when things are not in the state they're in right now, fantasy sports, by comparison, are trivial. They're escapism. And in light of what's happening right now in America and throughout other parts of the world, even, it's infinitely more so, right? So I don't think getting back to talking about nonsense means that we're disregarding the much more important things that are happening I, I think people understand that. Uh, but taking a few days off, absolutely, it was just a, a way to absorb the things that we have been seeing and to process them in a healthier way. I mean, I, we spent a lot of time on Rates and Barrels on Tuesday, uh, just talking about what we'd seen, talking about statistics, talking about a lot of things pertaining to. Uh, systemic injustice in, in this country. That's obviously not the core focus of that podcast, but that's obviously very important right now. So, you know, I, I think it's okay to have escapes, but I think our important takeaway is to continue doing our part to make this world a better and safer place for everybody.
0: Yeah. Well, I can uh, certainly agree with that. Uh, so, with that said, uh, you know, we'll uh, take this uh, distraction or, or whatever, uh, you know, you choose to call it uh, for uh, the next uh, 15 minutes or so. We do have some uh, developments in baseball to talk about. So uh, let's get to that DVR. Uh, and actually, since the last time that we uh, got on the air here, we have not one, but, but two proposals that were floated. First, we had the players counter proposal to the owner's initial proposal. They came back with a proposal for a 114 game schedule with prorated salaries. Uh, and then the owners, they I guess it's not really fair for me to say a pair of proposals. The owners more just sort of floated an idea uh, that they have not made as part of an official proposal yet. But, um, and that uh, detail comes to us from the athletics, Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drellick uh, that the owners are at least considering a schedule, a short schedule of 50 games or possibly even as few as 40 games. And so you know, obviously, this is all part of the back and forth. Uh, I don't, wouldn't expect we'll see either a 50-game season or a 114-game season. But if we just you know, play with this idea of a, an even shorter season than the 82-game season that was in the initial proposal from the uh, from the owners, if we had a 50-game season, one thing that I've seen discussed on Twitter is would it even be worth playing a head-to-head season given that you have playoffs minimum two weeks, probably three weeks, maybe even more, uh, out of a season, a season that would consist of probably nine weeks at most. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? If you, I don't know if you are in head-to-head leagues. Uh, I'm in a couple. Uh, what would, As an owner or as a commissioner, what would be your inclination?
1: I think if you were going to play a 50-game season, even if your league has been a head-to-head league in the past, you'd almost have to switch it to Roto for this season for those reasons. The season just being too short, not having enough time to even really – play enough games. I guess the alternative might be trying something that resembles an all-play format. Uh, fantasy football leagues have that, where if you're in a 12-team league, every week you play a head-to-head game against each of the other 11 teams. So if you're the highest-scoring team in the league that week, uh, you went 11-0. If you are the lowest-scoring team in the league that week, you go 0-11. And, and I guess you could apply that to a shortened season, and that might be a way to keep the head-to-head format, have enough games and to still get uh, enough separation and enough to actually construct some playoffs later on. Uh, The thing that I could keep kind of going back to is I, I see those two proposals is Uh, The middle point of of a 50-game proposal and a 114-game proposal um, is 82 games, and that doesn't seem like an accident. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There are no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply, and you can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com slash baseball. That's drinkhydrant.com slash baseball for 25% off your first order. Drinkhydrant.com slash baseball.
0: Uh, I'll be honest with you, DVR. I didn't do the math on that. So you're (laughs) exactly right. That is the midpoint. So it's, yeah, kind of sounds like a a na-na-na-na-na, right? You know, you're going to bump it up uh, uh, 32 games. We're going to take it down 32 games.
1: Yeah. uh, And, and, you know, Evan Drelick and Ken Rosenthal have done great work uh, reporting on these negotiations so far. Evan was actually the guest on uh, the Keith Law show on Monday. And it was really interesting because he pointed out that, you know, owners have have claimed, and it's without documentation impossible for anybody on the outside to prove that 40% of their revenue is gate related revenue. And yet they're arguing that they lose more money by playing games this season than by not playing games this season. And it, for, for all of us, it, that doesn't make sense. That, that just that doesn't check out conceptually. Um, so it's been, it's been a really unusual back-and-forth negotiation. But I, I think what I keep coming back to is that you have only a limited amount of time to get players prepared to play. It's about three weeks. Tack on a week to get everybody into the locations you want. You're up to four weeks. Take four weeks from the calendar right now, and we're almost into July. So I think we're nearing an agreement if there's going to be one, if there's going to be any semblance of baseball that counts in this country by July 4th.
0: Yeah, well uh it yeah it's going to have to happen quickly and uh, obviously that's be you know gives us something to really keep a close eye on and discuss uh, you know over the next few uh, few episodes here. So uh I I've got another thing to ponder though in terms of a, a potentially shorter schedule. And I wondered I, I thought about Eloy Jimenez and his rookie season and how he was significantly better in the second half than the first half. And I so I was thinking, okay, well, for you know the high profile rookies that are supposed to play all or most of the season this year, is that going to rob them of an opportunity to go through that learning curve for the first couple months of the season? And so I did a very unscientific <laughs> scan DVR. I looked at uh, all the the players who were rookie eligible last year who played the entire season um, in a in a significant role, and of all of them. Eloy Jimenez was the only one who was significantly better in the second half than in the first. There were a handful who were pretty steady throughout the season. These are the players who were actually much, much better in the first half than in the second half. Peter Alonso, Jordan Alvarez, Brian Reynolds, Kevin Newman, and Carson Kelly. So like I said, small sample, very unscientific, but I think it raises a question. If there is a trend... That rookies maybe get figured out in the second half, which is what appeared to happen with this, you know, small group of rookies from 2019. If we went and actually did that research, and that was supported over a much much larger sample, maybe should we, you know, go in a little bit more on uh, a Luis Robert, uh, on a, a Carter Keyboom, or even a Shogo Akiyama, who will be in the major leagues uh, for the first time. Uh, so again, we're assuming a lot here. I have no idea if that holds up over multiple years, but if that were the case, would that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting thing to think about. Um, you you do wonder if sometimes there's an advantage for hitters because the scouting reports aren't as detailed, aren't as thorough as they become, uh, with more time in the big league. So upon arrival, they take advantage of what they're seeing, and it takes some time for the league to sort of adjust back. And then that next round of counter adjustments from young players sort of determine where their baseline ultimately goes in the long run. I think that's interesting that production was tilted that way in 2020. I would probably want to look back at 2019. I would probably want to look back at more seasons and and see if this is something that's happened frequently for you know a decade or for a very prolonged period of time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I obviously did not do the, the, the full research here. Uh, so that's a, that's a project for another show. Uh, but yeah, it didn't turn out the way I thought I would. Cause like I said, I just thought of the one case that was top of mind and that was Eloy Jimenez and it was exactly the opposite. And he turned out to be the single outlier uh, from from 2019. So something to think about and and yeah, research project uh, for a later show, particularly if we do wind up with the shorter season than what we were anticipating if it's you know far fewer than 80, uh, 82 games.
2: Hey y'all, producer came here to tell you about Manscaped. The Last Dance documentary has brought up the ongoing debate that no one will ever win. Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Is LeBron the GOAT? One thing we do know for sure is Manscaped is the GOAT of men's grooming. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced while designing your own triangle offense down under. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 Essentials Kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 Kit comes with a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Water resistant cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan can get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. Play it safe with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TheAthletic at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code TheAthletic. All one word at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code the THEATHLETIC. Uh,
0: we got one other development uh, recently, and that is a report from uh, Paul Hoynes of the Cleveland Plain Dealer that uh, Carlos Carrasco, who, uh, of course, not only um, was diagnosed with leukemia last season, but then... Uh, had a developed a sore elbow in spring training. He is back to throwing bullpen sessions. He's working virtually with the coaching staff, sending uh, videos of those bullpen sessions. Thinks uh, He could pitch in 2020, but the organization has yet to determine if they will let him pitch in 2020 because of the uh, ex- extra risk uh, due to leukemia. Uh, and of course, you know, given the, the, uh, the pandemic, the COVID pandemic uh, his uh, ADP, Thus far on Fantasy Pros is 124 on uh, NFBC it's only a, a couple spots higher than that. Um so you know he's being drafted as a you know solid middle of the rotation fantasy option. If there's a, a possibility that Carlos Carrasco doesn't pitch in 2020, I still think given the the potential that he offers that you know we could see him as a uh a dart throw, maybe not uh, being drafted in the 120s, but later. So my question to you is how much later in your estimation do you think it's worth taking Carlos Carrasco?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really twisted question to think about. I mean, if you look at the performance from Carlos Carrasco from 2014 to 2018, the ratios during that five-year period, the strikeout rate during that five-year period, the walk rate during that five-year period are very similar to what Steven Strasburg did. During that same time. And of course, uh, with leukemia last season, he only pitched 80 innings the fact that he was even healthy enough that he he fought through that recovered and came back to pitch at the end of the season uh, is, uh, you know, amazing. And I, I think this is one of the most difficult situations to assess because of the unique nature of his health history and the pandemic being placed on top of that. It's probably one of these things where I'm just going to steer away from him in that 125, 150, maybe even the 175 range because there are plenty of other players who just simply don't have that elevated health risk. And if I I miss out and he's healthy and has a great season, I'm just happy for the guy that he's healthy and pitching well, right? Like I... I just look at it and say this is an extremely risky situation and I have no idea how he's feeling. We don't know how his elbow is going to be. We don't know how his body as a whole is just going to respond to the rigors of being a starter again. I think when he came back last season, he was a reliever, right? There are just there are so many unanswered questions with Carrasco, Um, even though he's someone I'm, I'm rooting for. I mean, we're talking about a guy that I'm probably not looking to draft within the first 200 picks overall, even though. I think he has the talent to go inside the top 100. You know, I I think what we saw last year performance-wise was an aberration.
0: All right. Well, you know, we've discussed this before, and you have drafts that are still coming up if we do have a 2020 season. So how far would Carlos Carrasco have to fall for you to go ahead and and take that chance?
1: It's definitely – Double digit rounds, and I always my mind always thinks about a 15 team mixed league first. Um, I, I think once you get to pick 200 to pick 225 kind of in that range, you start to find a lot of players that have elevated injury risk either due to past or, or current things that they are dealing with. and I think that's probably the the range where I'm comfortable taking them, and I would assume that there's somebody in any of those rooms who probably takes them before then. Um, but if not then that's where I'm I'm okay with taking that chance. I, I think you're drafting him even if you're expecting let's say an 80 game season, 82 game season, you're drafting him as someone that you know comes with almost as much injury risk really as any draftable pitcher could possibly have. Okay, well, yeah,
0: certainly a a fair answer and you know one that uh those of us who still have uh, drafts coming up will uh you know we'll uh, we'll deal with. Um just to, uh, you know, get back to our discussion from, uh, the, the, top of the show. And of course, uh, you know, well, you know, we're taking some time here to, uh, you know, think about fantasy baseball and the potential of a season coming up. Um, you know, we're, we're very engaged with, uh, you know, the, the issues that are, are, you know, current, uh, in terms of, uh, racial equality and, and police brutality and, um, there's been uh, a lot of really thoughtful work that's been done um, in a lot of forums and including on, on the athletic. And uh, so there are a number of pieces that we could uh, feature on this episode, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to the others in uh, upcoming episodes, but one uh, that was uh, particularly moving uh, was uh, one by the, uh, the athletic staff. I remember you crying. The athletic staffers discuss experiencing racism. So, uh, I do uh, encourage everybody to check that out. Um, that's going to wrap everything uh, up for this episode of Fancy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be back here again on Thursday. <laughs>